Today's episode of Animation Aficionados is the first in a series of what we'll call Potluck. This is a collection of outtakes from past shows. We have audio conversations with Pablo Preno, Kitty Hawk, Eric of Exern, and Tim Groves. Oh, God. God. <laughs> Fired. It's great. See you next I week, want... Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, see, Pablo liked their Power Ranger special, so he, he gets to stay. Okay. <laughs> hey, I, I am Power Rangers fan. I'm just not a... But he doesn't take himself seriously. I know, I don't take myself seriously. Yeah. yeah. So, uh... Does this work like this, or...? This works perfectly. This works perfectly, poifically. Sweetenly. Sweetenly. Awesome. Oh, wise Wait. guy. I have two or something? Weird. That's, it's fine, though. It's fine, though. Let's see here. Okay. Oh, first time using Skype here, so... Yeah, so anyways, I hated, I hated Thor. You hated Thor? I thought it was fun. It was disjointed. It had no idea where it wanted to go. It sowed many seeds, but very few fruited correctly. I like the acting. Would you say it's the Citizen Kane of superhero movies? <laughs> I wouldn't compare <laughs> no, no, it to no, that. No. I, I, you know what? If I had to compare it, I compare it to the Daredevil movie just to be fair to it. <laughs> uh, that's me. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's still almost the same level as Iron Man the first movie. Uh, You're crazy. It, it has, yeah. I I seriously think so. I mean, Thor looks like Thor. Uh, Loki looks, looks like, like Loki. plastic. Hey, uh, I gotta tell you something. Metal on screen doesn't look like metal. Plastic on screen doesn't look like plastic. So right now, I have no idea what texture the, the world is made of. I mean, the materials... P- Pablo, I don't have as much anything. film experiences as you I, do. I, I know I don't have as film experiences as you do, but I have photographed aluminum plate before, and it looks like metal. Uh, I know, but t- I'm telling you, it's it doesn't happen the same all the time. Okay. The world is erratic, hectic, and I whatever. Know, but... I, I, I really don't believe anything I see right now. I'm just saying it's not CGI. <laughs> I, I'm just well, saying I'm just saying that... that if if they if they spent like thirty bucks on some aluminum plate and hammered something together, it would have looked better than plastic molded that they had to do post on to make it look a little bit metallic. You know what I'm actually cons- uh, things I like. I like the small Hawkeye cameo. And by that the way, nice I, they, they totally they totally made Sif like pointless there. They have the Warriors Three, who by the way do not exist in North Mythol- Norse mythology. So I'll just put it out there. And then they have <laughs> have Sif, and Sif's like, oh yeah, it's the Warriors Three plus one. <laughs> and I, yeah. I hope you like the Warriors Three because they were only on Earth for three minutes. <laughs> a minute, a warrior. And you know what? Okay. Uh, I. You know what? I won't accept that sort of bashing from the guy who liked the first Transformers movie that only has one minute of Transformers in two hours and a half Ooh. of a movie. <laughs> the, the, the longest action sequence in Transformers, the first movie, lasts 27 seconds. Bazing. You can count that on YouTube. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll always use the Transformers movie defense for this one, sorry. 
Look, look, look. Okay, uh... The story shows up and then is gone in about five minutes. Three of which the Warriors Three are fighting it. And then it, it's like, okay, the story. I was expecting something that would be epic, you know, something that was epic but better th- done than, you know, Zod versus Superman, Superman 2, the Donner cut. Oh, uh, with the flying logo? No, the Donner no, cut. The S logo, the S logo trap. <laughs> yeah, the one that you're the one that Seth MacFarlane always mentions because that that's how he's trending by mentioning a movie that's thirty years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't, I never saw the Donner cut. It's not available here. Oh, it's a much better movie. When are we having yeah. John on again, Neil? I don't know. I sent him, I sent him a message a couple nights ago, and he hasn't gotten back to me. God damn it! I want John back. I oh, know. Ask you, uh, how's my English-speaking skill doing? I feel I'm rustier than ever. Uh, you're very good. You're very good, yeah. actually. It's, uh, you, yeah. My, my grammar takes awful time to time. Well, let me put it this way that's going to sound very politically incorrect. We have people that try to come into the country that's, that speak worse English. Well, uh, your country's nice, but I won't live in it. I'm just letting you know. I've been there, like, two times. You've been to New York. That that's like going to the toilet first. Well, I, I was a doll in New York. I did a whole trip. I was uh, Orlando, San Francisco, Vegas, New York. And you went to all the toilets. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Letter Media definitely pulls off the the seventy minute uh, review of of episode one, you know. But but I can see how. Well, well, the problem I have with that is his skit is I'm a crazy murderer, and that's fine. I like it. It's, it's it bothers me personally. Yeah, it's supposed to bother you, <laughs> and it is it does a very good job, and that's why I love it. It's like you want to like this guy, but he's a he's like this horrible murderer. But you want to like this guy, and that really gets—that's the part that gets to you. Also, nothing's better to send a message on my web zone. I'll send you a pizza roll. You want a pizza roll? The pizza roll. Personally, it bothers me so, but I, I'm okay with you do, liking him because he does bring up legitimate points, and I do fully agree with his legitimate points. Yeah. I just am disgusted by his skin. Yeah, and I can understand, but I mean, I and the thing is this: I'm willing to say he does make legitimate points, and when he does talk about the legitimacy of these points, I am yeah. totally behind him. Yeah, it's just but, the skits are disgusting yeah. to me, and that that's yeah, all I can say. I understand. I understand. I, I, uh, I, un- I trained under uh, some people that taught me to be desensitized to practically anything. So it's like, oh, okay, he's got a woman tied up in the basement. La 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 la. <laughs> yeah, it's. Like it's I like said, when I watch Saw. It's like, oh, this is cute. This is it's adorable. A, it's, the, it's the guy. It's the guy from Princess Bride that was too stuck up to show up on, on the uh, extras. <laughs> okay, I hope he saws his leg off. Yeah, I it's like, like it's that. like I don't. I mean, I, I everybody I else showed up. Why are you better than them? Because <laughs> uh, unlike them, he can speak with an English accent. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, unlike them, he didn't move on to better films. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the the girl who played Buttercup got to play Jen A. Yep. And uh, the guy. I was running. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. But yeah, um, no, I like I like the skits. I mean, yeah, I can see how you 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 think they're disgusting. I kind of like them. It's a it's a it's he's actually like playing around with you while he's giving the interview. So but but like you know when he talks about his problem with Yoda, that's exactly what my problem with Yoda is, and I explain it to to Neil in detail. <laughs> and yeah, I'm I'm against Yoda ever using a lightsaber. Well, it just sort of I I did get caught up in it when I first saw it. And I think that was just because I had sat through Attack of the Clones. So <laughs> you were that, waiting for something as a payoff. Yeah, I, that's I was just, understandable. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I guess my brain had just finally broken, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Yoda." But afterwards, I was very, very embarrassed with myself because I was like, "I should not have cheered for that," but I did because I had to sit through that awkward romance oh and i have to say this i now actually like natalie portman because i did like black swan and i did like thor and now i actually like her and all that was done with the prequels yeah if she if she if if natalie portman really did gravitate to the whiny bitch she would be with loki yeah and loki wasn't nearly as whiny bitch as anakin though loki in this was not a whiny bitch he a little bit but he didn't come off as you were you brought him here to kill me. No, but he was more like You underestimate my power. No, he wasn't he certainly was not that. He was more like son of a bitch. You didn't tell me where I came from. And you know, and I and I know that like Odin does th- favor Thor, but then again, you can tell like as my husband put it, the actor who played Loki depicted Loki perfectly in that his eyes look like he's constantly thinking. Like, he's constantly plotting. And that's Loki. He's constantly thinking, what am I going to do next? Who am I going to fuck next? Yeah. But anyway, I like I liked that actor. The actor who played Loki was really good. I think he did a really good job. And, um, of course, Anthony Hopkins as Odin was awesome. And the guy who played her uh, Heimdall was excellent. Heimdall was awesome. So I really had no problems with the movie. I can't really think of anything. I might need to see it one more time. Okay. I wish of... I wish they did more with the with the ideas of the theology because I felt yeah. like that was more glossed over than really talked about. Yeah, I I, I yeah, I kind of felt they kind of glossed over it, but yeah, I don't know. And... They kind of got to the important parts, which is Thor is the son of Odin, and he got it's... in the Jane he got in the Jane's pants by drawing a tree. Sure. He's also ripped his shit, so, I mean... Yeah, I, I, I know women love him, and I had to go and check my, you know, my birth certificate to make sure I wasn't male, because, you know, I couldn't compare to that body. Yes, that, that, that body says it all. It says, you don't need to know anything. <laughs> well, that's the thing. She, she's looking for the innate secrets of the universe, and she has to ask, she has to ask like, no, no offense to Thor, the dumbest... <laughs> The dumbest, uh, toughest uh, brute in in Asgard. These questions, and the best he could do is draw a tree. Well, I mean, to the Asgardians, it really is a tree. I mean, I, I know, but I'm just I'm just saying that you know, if, if he was able to explain something like something that's like common fact and that even the dumbest Asgardian knows, and it's like this great revelation to her. There's something better than drawing a tree. I, that yeah. would be better for me. I, I well, think but... it's just. It's it's just a way to you know. Yeah, and also, dude, dude, it's just a movie. You should really just relax. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I would have liked I, I, if Sif was a little bit upset about you know. 
about her. Well, I was you know I was wondering about that because I was like, wait. And also, Sif had black hair, which kind of irritated me. Well, that's that's because that Sif has black hair in Marvel comics. I know she does, and that still irritates me. I know. And you know what? I I always want to ask, what do you think of the Warrior Three? Because I know those weren't in Norse mythology, and I know you're deep down in that. I, I know. I actually like um I like deviating a little bit. It's just that such beautiful golden hair is just awesome looking. Yeah. So that's that's my only that's why I have an irritation with that. But like. I am kind of loose with the myth too. I mean, Valkyrie. Well, you know what? You know, at least at least they had at least they had Sif there, and at least her body wasn't hijacked by Loki like it was in the comics. <laughs> this is true. Look, and also Loki was awesome. I did like that. I Loki, did like was, that. Loki was good. Yes. I love the acting in this movie. This you really know what? Horrible. You know what? He could, I love he the moment the... where he cracks up. It's like. The, the way the way that Loki broke apart about emotionally, it could have been totally done in that really bad ham-fisted liar. <laughs> exactly. Oh no! I'm I had to give them props. I, I killed had, them all. I killed them like animals. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll sleep with me. Okay. And see, and this time Natalie Portman ended up with someone she really should have sex with, rather than this whine, a whiny little bitch who slaughtered an entire race of people. Oh, and Neil has a good point. At least they didn't give him verily doth. Uh, yeah, they they did they did pull back a little bit, and that was you know that was okay. That's that's the one thing I hated. I don't know if you've ever read Ultimates Three, which is one of the shittiest comic books ever. Uh, I have I have yet to read it because I. Don't, Don't because what happened was this: uh, the guy who the guy who wrote Ultimate Street, you know, he probably read the uh, Brian Hitch, Mark Millar, one and two volumes. It's like all these interesting things he did with all these characters, making them different than their standard continuity counterpart. I'm gonna ignore all that. Have Thor talk in old English again. Use the <laughs> square square hammer version of Millonar and uh, and and all this shit. And God damn it. I know. I I I I stopped after Ultimates too because a friend of mine said, "Weren't you?" Yeah, because they knew that that probably would have. Oh, and by the way, he gave he gave uh, he gave Valkyrie powers by having sex with her. I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. You gave me powers. <laughs> and the little thing, you see, the thing that the Ultimates too, when they were thought that Thor was a crazy guy. I actually looked it up, and I found that Thor does actually have a magic belt that gives him strength. Yeah. So that actually made sense after I read that. I'm like, oh, actually, this Mark Millard knows what he's doing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Because. And by the way, that's one thing. I, did we ever? Did you ever show uh, Thor's belt in the SGVY? It's never been shown. Well, he has a long shirt, so maybe he's wearing it. Yeah, he always wears like um, like kind of like umbros or like you know, jogging pants and a shirt, so you don't really get to see it. Well, I don't. Well, I remember Thor has gloves as well. At least he's supposed to, or something. Yeah, I think he's supposed to have gloves, but gloves are, you know, gloves are hard to like remember to put on people. It, well, what I remember, what, what's the belt do again? Excuse me. What's the belt do again? Oh, it gives him the strength to actually uh, pick up Mjolnir. And what's the gloves do again? Give him like skill or something. Something like I think like the ability to like aim true or something like that. <laughs> Everyone had lots of magical armor. Like, I have a ring that allows me to um, aim a little better. Well, I have gloves that make me be able to make chocolate better oh, and things like that. It's very important. Yes. Or, you know, a hat that always keeps your hair straight. Yeah. 
Siegfried, <laughs> Siegfried has the sword that uh, can cut through an anvil, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's got a special thing. It's awesome. And then the Warriors 3 has the power of an Asian. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I did like that they kept the, uh, the, gore, you know, the gourmet god. Oh, I did, I did like one thing. I did like how the Errol Flynn-esque of the Warriors 3 was totally doing Errol Flynn in the movie. Yes. He was yes. totally doing Errol Flynn. Yes. But it was it was great because it was um it was I I just felt that they put so many different directions in there. I would have liked one a little bit more fruit fully fruited. Like um I don't know. I think it was all it all fell fell together. I mean it's a, well, okay, it did feel a little like set up y for Avengers, but Yeah. But I did like the epicness and I did like that there were some fight scenes. We didn't have this crap that's been happening lately where you know we we have a boring boring movie where there's no action scene and then there's an action scene at the end and you're like great i'm glad we took the whole movie to get to this this is awesome yeah. at least there was a fight scene at the beginning there's fight scene in the middle there's fight scene at the end it's really and there wasn't like those false endings that movies tend to have now yeah yeah but totally. it, it's oh. it's totally it's totally you know i i think i think it hurt it more that it was trying to set up so much for the avengers if they, if they cut yeah. off cut back a little bit of the avengers set up it would have been better but, but, over, but overall i no. think it was oh by the way do you think up. of hawkeye's uh cameo oh my like, god that was that was great because it was like he was like he, he never fires and i i really <laughs> liked that i liked that the mostly it was the tension of him just pulling on the um string I mean, you know, you know it's totally in the realm of human ability to catch an arrow, right? Well, yeah, they proved it in Midbuster. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, Thor was not in the condition, after trying to pick up Molnir, I think he wasn't in the condition to, uh, to pick, to, you, you know. You know I'm glad about? They didn't have the damn writing on this side. Oh, oh, like all the, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the paragraph. Yeah, the yeah. The paragraph of legal. <laughs> yeah, um... Yeah, I think that would have been a little too much for uh, the viewers. Though, yeah, though yeah. I would, it'd, it'd though be a vote, come on. Yeah, but I did like what they did with Bifrost. Bifrost looked pretty kick-ass with the, um, oh, yeah. you know, the floor that was sort of rainbowy, kind of like optic fiber. That was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, everything yeah. in that movie, like, and also the CG was not annoying. It was well done. Uh, was, the one thing, though, that bothered me, and this is probably because I, I actually was a blacksmith for a couple of years. The armor looked fake as all shit. Well, it looked cool. I, can, I give, give me a piece it's, of aluminum. I can hammer something that looks better than that. Dude, it's magical. You don't understand. Magical armor <laughs> kind of looks like it's made of vinyl. And crap. Yeah, it looks like plastic that's spray painted. Yes, yes, it's that's magical. what magical armor it's, looks like. It's like spray painted <laughs> plastic that lasts even more than regular yeah. metal and stuff. Yeah. Okay, and and uh, and I have to be honest. Sif's shield looked like a toy. No, it just looks like that because it's it's magical. It's magical. <laughs> See, that's to deceive the enemy, man. Yeah, they think exactly. It's, they think it's, gonna it's be like cheap. painting the tops of the uh, of the guns in orange. Okay, okay, so I'll be fair. Toys. It looked it looked more real than the dragon dagger from Power Rangers. Okay, but <laughs> well, honestly, I think this movie didn't have as much of a budget as some of the other movies. Oh, that's, so it could have, and they were using a lot more practical, like. They weren't doing well, as much CG, like you know how an Iron Man, the Iron Man suit is CG. Except so, for some shots where it's actually it's actually well made plastic. Except for the yeah. pants because he stopped doing pants in the second movie because like I'm not doing pants again. <laughs> so so you have you have Robert Downey Jr. walking around without pants 
<laughs> and he's not well, drunk. I, I, I believe it's the same uh, for, uh, way to uh, focus on the material as it did with Iron Man. It's like, okay, you, you need to make this movie. It has to look uh, expensive, but not too much. Uh, try to keep it under the radar and focus on presenting the character. You know, it's that's what I like loved about Iron the first Man. Iron Man movie. The, the original gray armor. Oh, my oh, God. That was, that was awesome. great. That, that yeah. was effing great. And that looked like metal. You can yes, say it, it did. It looked like real metal. Why? Actually, because it was earth metal. It wasn't magical. Yeah. See? See? That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, I'm good to... Uh, no, no <laughs> Neil actually remembered what I said, and he tried to get the wrong the one-half song stuck in my head again today. <laughs> well, he was going off on something, and I just put the link in the chat, and he's like, no, 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 don't, don't do that. No, don't do that. We, we shouldn't... I admit that the first... I like the first opening better than the second season opening. Yeah, I actually like the first season opening the best. I like that one. What's the one that actually does dun da dun da dun da dun it? What's which one was that one? Oh, I forgot. With with all the heads on the lines and stuff like that, and I don't know. Yeah, with Ronma, I kind of checked out after season. God, what was it like season seven? I think. Was that when they went to with the really angular style with the really black eyes? They went to the we're we're not paying the animators style at that point. What, what was the OVAs that did the really angular style with the really black eyes that I hate so much? Yeah, I think like Kumiko Takahashi was doing the design at that point. Um, God, I hated that. I love the, the the softer curves and the the like the nice colors in the eyes. I, I love the fact that Boy Rama had those almost gray eyes. Yeah, yeah, but um, I think that was actually because of. Uh, I think it was because the style was changing about that time. Like in like, uh, Ranma was like first started in like 1988, and then uh, the OVAs didn't really appear until the 90s. And about that time was when that dark, the really darked out eyes, became really popular. So, but I actually like I actually liked the style in the OVAs. But then again, I kind of like early nine the early 90s style a lot with all the dark eyes and stuff not to knock on rumiko takahashi's style which is pretty cute yeah like i said i do like that guy who does all the sports manga that has almost almost a similar style but sort of evolved in a different direction oh adachi yeah yeah i love his style oh i love adachi his style is so soft and pretty yeah it's i think we're losing neil on this uh, I'm listening. Yeah. But uh what 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 does uh Pablo do? He's an animator in South uh, in South America and uh, an artist. He draws he draws the the Tuesday updates for my webcomic Hero Academy. Well, okay. Asaku who was on the show several times draws the Fridays and he also drew the uh the uh cover for Crossover Kill and okay. The new page that you like so much. Oh, nice. Oh, well, I should have that's just that's, so Pablo did that one. No, it's a Isaku. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Isaku's stuff. Really? I think he would love to hear that. Oh well, I'll I'll have to tell him that then. Yeah, I definitely like. I, I, oh man, the angry and the angry face Yuki was really good. Uh, that came out was it yesterday or the other day? Oh, that's that's actually Stephen uh, Stephen Crowley who did that one. Yeah. yeah, I like that one too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, 
Uh, well, I just I just really like uh, Asaka's work. He he's just so good at it. He's just so good at it. Yeah, I mean um, that cover. I really liked that cover. The Yuki the Yuki was really cute looking. I mean the way he drew Yuki was awesome. Like the the fun the funness of it was just awesome. But uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying the uh, crossover kill stuff. I mean yeah, I mean it's... the different styles are great. You pretty much. I gave him like a like a like a layout of what what I kind of wanted from that, and he pretty much nailed it. Yeah, he he is pretty good. Um, I'll t- I'll have to tell him he does a good job. You do a good job. Keep doing comics. Ah! By the way, you know, like I said, I always thought that the Ultimates version of Thor was better than the six one six, which is what comic book fans call the normal continuity. Yeah. I actually like both. I mean, I, I, I will admit that I prefer the Ultimates version, but I do like the original Thor as well. But that's just because that's the epicness that I enjoy. I mean, it's ridiculously epic, and I love it. But I love Ultimates just because of the depiction of Thor being sort of laid back and like, whatever, I got sent to Earth. Ain't no thing. Well, I think I'm gonna be signing off for tonight. You sure? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get up early tomorrow. Okay. It's, it's Mother's Day. We gotta go do stuff. But um, it was a lot of fun, and I will definitely be back for the venture episode. All right. <laughs> well, um, it was awesome hanging out with y'all, and uh, I will be back next week. And um, I'm so sorry for showing up late but i i, I can't first uh, i have to admit this I, I i kept thinking that it was at nine o'clock central not nine because like it starts at eight o'clock central so i was thinking like you know nine o'clock eastern but i kept thinking nine o'clock central okay. and then i saw neil's message and i was like oh no yeah it's okay we love having you even if it's a little tardy it's better than no kitty hawk at all but i gotta go and uh but i will be back next week and i'll see y'all later all right Night. Good night. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder the God of Thunder, mighty Thor. If frogs couldn't hop, I'd be gone with the Schwinn. Waka waka, want to hear a funny ass joke? Wrong sounding muffins. It was never that off. I mean, I can understand the joke to a point because there was there was a while where it was really hard to to really accept the new Kermit. Yeah, but it was never unbearable. No. Did you, did you find the clip of where a sweet Swedish chef is on fire? No, I haven't. <laughs> Season one of the Muppet Show is just weird. Like I said, you know, you know, if you look at the whole percentage of of Muppets. The idea that Gonzo had a thing for Miss Piggy is like a, a sliver of time. And they came back to it, but very rarely. Not really that often. Yeah. Because after that, I like the fact that Gonzo is more interested in perfecting his show than some old bullshit. But I like I liked season one because uh, they were really doing a lot of weird experimentation. They, didn't, they hadn't settled into the formula yet, so... Sometimes Miss Piggy would have a different voice. Sometimes Janice would have a different yeah. voice. Hiya! Yeah, sometimes they would hand uh, Miss Piggy off to uh, what's his name, Mike Hunt. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it wasn't. 
It was Rich Hunt. Okay. God damn it, Theo. No, yeah. I'm sleepy. I can't believe I just said that. I'm sleepy, but I still caught that. It was Rich Hunt. <laughs> I caught that, and I'm sleepy. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> you did. You you insulted Rich. <laughs> you did. It wasn't intentional. It was. It was not. I did not mean to say that. If I if we ever have any of the Muppet guys on this show, I'll say, "Be careful, yeah. You know, be careful. Neil doesn't like Rich Hunt. I love Rich Hunt. <laughs> but why'd you call him Mike? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got my wires crossed. Because I've because I've heard that stupid joke cunt. about. <laughs> I've heard that stupid joke so many times that I just got my wires crossed. It's a Family Guy joke. Oh. That joke is older than Family Guy. Don't call it a Family Guy joke just because it was on there. Oh, by the way, uh, I'm going to invite someone in the room just for a second. Okay. Okay. Here comes a new challenger. If he wants to come on, that is. A... Is this someone who's been on before? No. Yeah. No, I'm going to just have him talk to you and see what shows he wants to do. Oh, hey, Eric. Uh, yeah? Eric of Exern, yes. It's, uh, I, I'm here with my co-host, uh, Neil, and, uh, Yellow. our show's already over, but I was calling to see, uh, you want to talk and see what cartoons you actually know about that you want to talk about in the future, because you still say you want to be on an episode, and I want to try and make that work for you. Um, well, yeah, see, the things, I mean, the one, the one that comes most to mind is Avatar, but I'm sure you've probably already done that one. No, not yet. It's uh, we're waiting until Neil sees it. Oh, he hasn't seen it. <laughs> I'm trying really <laughs> hard. Um, yeah. So I mean, Avatar. I've seen. Um, man, what can I, what are the ones I can remember? Um, yeah. See, like some of them are completely uh, obscure. Um, like I was a big fan of Camp Captain Simeon and the Space Chimps, but Space Monkeys. Yeah, Space Monkeys. But I don't think it's on any- my top twenty list. <laughs> that was a good show, wasn't it? I mean, it was a surprisingly good show for all things considered. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's a, that's the thing. Most, you know, people, it's, oh, it's a syndicated cartoon. How can that be good? Yeah. Boom. Now, it is, it's good. It was, it was, it was really, that was one was really surprising. Um, you expected it to be, I mean, both by the, for the production company and just the general concept of it, you expected it to be really stupid. You but. expect it to be shit, but it's actually well animated and hilarious. It, it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, I love the the clones on that show. That was yeah. They they use them as red shirts, but they're clones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good show. Yeah. Uh, so see, nothing's too obscure for us. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see. What else have I watched? Uh, I'm trying to thing here. I'm, I'm sure I've been influenced by lots of things, but... Any animes? Anime... See, animes I never got that much chance to watch. Um, you gotta remember, I lived without cable, and without... in a town where access to anime was very restricted. Um, in that you couldn't find someplace to buy it, so... Oh, Mars Girl would have your town nuked. Yeah. <laughs> because they're anti-anime. Neil! They're not anti-anime, they just... Neil, Neil, they, they don't have the anime. Anime's the only thing that's good that came out in the last 20 years. <laughs> well, the thing is, she does the history of animation, and she glosses over the best stuff. Mm. And uh, she misses she misses the subtlety of brilliance, because uh, 
you know, she she pan cow and chicken, but she missed the fact that uh, there's a certain subtle brilliance in the fact that you get Michael Dorn, and you pay him to shout, "I am Weasel." <laughs> that was the weird show. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, there, there's a brilliance in that that cannot be defined. Yeah, it's like this cartoon looks. It's not the best drawn, but I am Weasel. <laughs> it's like. That in itself sells me to that cartoon. <laughs> you have Michael Dorn just saying, I am Weasel. I'm like, this is the most brilliant thing ever. I don't. Michael Dorn is a pretty good cartoon actor. I know, but it's just the fact that it's Michael Dorn in his peak as Commander Worf just saying, I am Weasel. And you're just picturing Worf the Klingon <laughs> saying that. Yes. <laughs> it's brilliant, Neil. It's brilliant. Captain? I am Weasel. <laughs> you would just love to dub that over like a scene of Star Trek <laughs> The Next Generation. That's too much work. It's it's perfect the way it is. It, it, it is just perfect the way it is. I'm hooked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's see. So there was that. Um, I was a fan of Beast Wars and Beast Machines. Uh, Neil, hold back, please. I'm not a rage machine like you, man. <laughs> you didn't like him? Not really, no. I, I, I mean, assume you knew nothing about Transformers. He can't, he can't assume that. It's too <laughs> deeply ingrained in his DNA. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's too late. The, you, 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 the only way you can enjoy Beast Wars and Beast Machines is if you pretended that any then, other then Transformers thing whole, never how came How come the whole three season was nothing but, nothing but them protecting the Ark and all this stuff that a G1 fan would have to know to really... Nerdgasm over. Yeah, the 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 third season was not that good. I, I think the first season, and I like Beast Machines a lot more than I like Beast Wars. Beast well, Wars. see, I actually enjoyed Beast Wars. I'm not a big oh, Beast Wars was the best Transformers ever, like some people are. But I think Beast Machines is heretical to Beast Wars. Heretical in that it didn't follow the canon. In that it destroyed all the characters. Yes, it did. <laughs> I mean, yet again. If if you like Beast Wars and you tried to carry that over into Beast Machines, it did destroy all the characters. If you if you treat so so as, so it's a sequel that's meant to piss off the fans of the of the prequel. Brilliant! Wow, well, it, it, it's it's sort of it's sort of like they got their idea from another legendary director and writer, Neil. Hmm, who could that be? Could it be George Lucas? Um, yeah, well. George Lucas is allowed to destroy his own works, I think. Well, you know, except it's the work that everybody else did, and he just sort of signed his name on. Well, yeah. He's allowed to sign off on the destruction of his own work as well. That's, <laughs> that's my... Um, the thing about me and Transformers is that I actually saw Transformers the movie in 1986 in the theater. Did you cry? Oh, man. Neil, Trans- did, you, did you cry, Neil? I did not cry at the death of Optimus Prime. Okay. Transformers the movie was Transformers. You know, you know, you know the lyrics to that song, Neil. <laughs> the evil Megatron. I know enough that you got that. You just got that line wrong. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I probably know more of that song than I care to admit. Yeah. The Transformer movie was fun though. I mean, if you had watched the Transformers show, the the surprising brutality of the movie was just. 
Shocking. Oh my god, the Decepticons can actually hit their targets now. Yeah, and, and nothing as Prime just sort of went all uh, went all redneck running over on them. But I mean, it was just it was just it, you just went, "Oh my god, their weapons are actually doing things." When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they're firing lasers at each other. What the hell? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that blew me away. It, it was the first. It was like the first five minutes of that movie. You go. You realized you're in for something really different than you're used to. <laughs> um, that was a good movie. I enjoyed that. And of course, I know Transformers um, and Smurfs and all of the all of the old school stuff because we all watched that. Um, let's see. What else do I know? I know Scooby Doo. And all the unpleasant remakes of Scooby Doo thereafter. Puppy uh, power. Oh God. <laughs> and the, you know the sad thing? That was just the beginning of the downhill slide. I mean, it wasn't... oh yeah, because there was there was uh, riffraff. Yeah. It was. But I mean, it just got worse and worse and worse. Every every incarnation of Scooby Doo afterwards was just slowly going dumber and dumber. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, what else are you guys looking at? Maybe I've heard of it. Well, let, let me check the schedule. You update the schedule, right, Neil? Yeah, it's okay. One second. This page is a little bit faster now. Okay, it's Adventure Brothers in next week. No, it's not Riff Raff. It's Flim Flam. That was that was the character that was worse than Scrappy. And then after that, we have Flash Cartoons with special guest star Harry Partridge. Yeah, if they contact me back, because I have not heard from either of those guys. Uh, then we start doing the DC animated universe. Like, um, Batman, yeah, Superman, Justice League. I know a lot of the DC animated universe. I don't know all of it. Um, we have Batman, Superman, uh, Justice League, Batman Beyond. Yep. And uh, for some reason, Teen Titans is on the list as well, but it doesn't count. <laughs> Despite what some people say. Well, I mean, it's an entirely different style. It, entirely it, different universe. Well, I mean, what do you define a universe as? I mean, it. Each show is it's sort of its own universe, I think. I mean, every show that you every show that had Superman in it, it was a different incarnation of Superman. It was a distinctly different incarnation of Superman. Um, from you know, Batman to Superman show that to Justice Leagues to Justice League Unlimited, each one had a Superman who looked and acted really different. Not really. Yeah. Well, it was it was the same continuity, but you know style differences. You really, you know what? Let's save this for the shows. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After that, we have the DC animated movies. We need guests for that. Neil's typing something. God damn it, Neil! The bathroom break. Okay. Um, after that, we are going to do an episode of Vincent Chalvon de Mercy. No idea what that is. Uh, he's the French guy who's an idiot. Okay. He's the guy behind Totally Spies, Martin Mysteries, and Team Galaxy. His whole thing is in Totally Spies, he has these girls in tight spandex costumes that have these horrible, horrible transformations done through them every episode, which is actually every single different transformation is a fetish. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever saw Totally Spies, but... I have seen, I and, think, and, and the thing about is this, five minutes of it. And the thing is this, people draw these really highly sexualized... Uh, fan art of these girls, and he gets offended and says, they're not supposed to be sexualized, but he has these horrible fetish-based transformations done to them every episode. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I have not seen enough of the show to really know. I mean, I think it's naive to say that, that 
that any cartoon character has, should not be sexualized because that's you how you make, make it that's how you make your livings. No, it's 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 rule rule forty two. That no, was rule thirty four. Thirty four, yeah, rule thirty four. I mean, you can't avoid it. Okay, and after that, we're doing an episode on which because we're in the European anime now. I don't know what which is. So. It, it it's like it's like Captain Planet meets Sailor Moon meets uh, European Oddity. That sounds like the most horrible thing I've ever heard. And then the next one is the Golden Era of Animation, where we're going to do a, a, a retrospective on uh, the work of Chuck Jones, uh, you know, Bob Clampett, uh, Tex Avery. Yeah, I only know some of that. I don't think I'd be that. And then we else. got side by side, Dirty Pair against Dirty Pair Flash. No idea what the, either of those are. Oh, we need to fix that. Then we have an episode on Slayers. I've heard of it, never seen it. Bleach. Heard of it, never seen it. Uh, Lupin the Third and Detective Conan. Lupin the Third and what? Detective Conan. Detective Conan. Yeah. Is it Conan the Barbarian being a detective, or is that it, hoping it's to? it's it's a little boy that solves mysteries? But oh. he's actually a teenager, but he got shrunk to a little boy, and I I don't know. It's asinine. He, he's named after Arthur Conan Doyle. That's why he's named Conan. Actually, actually he's named uh, okay, I, I was I was hoping for Conan the Barbarian being a detective. Okay, I, I think that would be an awesome Conan the detective. Conan the librarian. <laughs> Conan the detective. <laughs> that would be awesome. Case closed. <laughs> and then and then side by side Godzilla's nineteen seventy eight versus Godzilla nineteen ninety eight. That's just gonna be a joke episode. <laughs> And then we're doing Star Trek The Animated Series, another joke episode. And then we're going to do an episode on Filmation. Let's go, Ghostbusters, let's go. I remember those. Filmation I know sadly far too much about. You can be on that one, then. Yeah, I've, I remember... Ed Albert and the Cosby Kids. <laughs> I remember... He-Man. He-Man, yes. I am Adam, Prince of Eternia. And this is Cringer, my fearless friend. But Adam... But Adam... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the sad thing is, I have to admit, I watched the real Ghostbusters. I watched the real Ghostbusters beyond the point where I saw they had a gorilla, and I said, well, maybe it's still like Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, Inspector Gadget. Inspector Gadget. Like oh, stay... Neil, get Space Captain Steve back for more episodes, please. I will. I'll contact him this weekend. Okay. Tomorrow. Space Captain Steve is actually is actually a uh, a an, an, a real animator, and he actually worked with Alan Moore. Yeah. He's also a comic artist, and he founded uh, a video game company that's no longer around. He his company made uh, one of the Star Wars uh, Knights of the Old Republic games. Huh. So he he does a lot of shit. So that's why I want him on more shows, because he's awesome and he actually has a great rapport with us. I think. Yeah. Because you know what, I like John a lot and I like Space Captain Steve. I like them to be our backup third and fourth. Just be- the only thing is, I don't know how busy Steve is. I, I know, I know. I'm I'm just telling you how in an ideal world. Yeah. Okay. Because I know Kitty Hawk's always going to going to vet convention, so it's we're lucky to get her when we get her. Okay. And- we just keep finding excuses to have her on. She's awesome. It's like when she was on Sexy Girl, she was just, oh my god! Did you listen to those ones, Eric? I I haven't listened to them. I should. Sexy uh, Girls. She's amazing because she's like one of the guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not surprising, uh, considering the comic she makes. Yeah. 
By the way, how how is your whole thing with PayPal going? Oh, it's just a disaster. <laughs> That's yeah. Actually, don't actually, make me cry. <laughs> Eric Eric actually was able to get very lucrative with his comic. Yeah, until until. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he, he, my life. Is I, I, I know, I know, I know. This is a, I know this is a very personal question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. But you know, what would the ballpark be of your of your uh, of your annual uh, take? How much? I mean, after I nothing. Okay. Um, I, I mean, after I paid everyone. I didn't get anything. Okay. Um, I mean, because I was paying artists, and then I was paying for extra content, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff. So no, I didn't. I didn't take anything. Um, okay. It's, it's always been zero. I mean, if I was an artist, I you know the comic itself. If you took it, looking at gross profits, um, last year brought in around twelve hundred, or not twelve hundred, twelve thousand. So. That's respectful. No. That's very that's respectful. respectful. That's a, that's a respect. That, that's know, a thousand I'm, a month. That's that's yeah. pretty, pretty darn good. It's a yeah. Um, and actually, it's probably a little more. But um, that's before I paid out to all the artists, and then I end up with nothing. Mm. You really got to be an artist to to make a go of this. Um, but. Okay, it's the let's see. That's oh Dungeons and Dragons. I remember that cartoon. That was fun. It's the beginning of our Sunbow era. Uh, no. Technically, it's not a Sunbow cartoon, but I, it was either that or Inhumanoids, and I'm not going to do Inhumanoids. God, no. <laughs> and then we have Transformers. Why not Humanoids? And we have, we have, uh, humanoids. We, we have the original G1 Transformers. I remember those. Yeah, when you get into the old retro stuff, then, I, then I'm an old man, so I remember this. G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Which Mars, Mars Girl hates for some reason we can't understand. Maybe she saw the Deke season. Well, the thing is, Neil and I are animation aficionados in the in the purest sense that we we Neil and I both know almost the same amount of obscure stuff, and you know which studio did what and why we should watch out for this studio. We both hate Kennedy Studios, and we both knew what Ken, Kennedy Studios were before we talked to each other. Neil and I just sort of have this instant rapport about what animation, what good animation is. Neil and I would both agree that neither of us are experts; we just are fans of what animation is. And there are times when Neil was wrong, there's times when I was wrong. And like when Neil was mentioning how he liked this Batman gag in his Tiny Toons episode, I said, Neil, that was from the Kennedy episode. That was from the rap episode of Tiny Toons. And Neil was like, God damn it, I need to wash myself. Well, to be fair, the the gag was written by the by the Warner guys. The the animation was done by Kennedy. I can't I can't I can't exactly take a hit because it was a Kennedy episode. Yeah. It was still a good joke. But yeah. I, I I do have to take a hit for it being the rap episode. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> they did write that at Warner, and mm, that should not have happened ever. And uh, let's it, it, at least have the rock guy win. God damn it! Why did the rap guy have to win? Because rap was in. And now and now that episode is dated. It, well, Tiny Toons is dated because it was crap. Yeah, Tiny Toons was shit. Yeah, just, just say mean... it. If you'll feel better once it leaves your lips. But, I mean, the thing is, Tiny Toons was still better than the really dreadful stuff that was leading up to Tiny Toons. Well, so, um, so, so, so... Like the compilation movies. So, yeah. so, you know, shooting yourself in the foot's better than shooting yourself in the neck, but it's still I, shooting yourself. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's like, I'd rather be shoot, shot in the foot than the neck. Okay, you're still shot. Yeah, but keep in mind, I mean, Tiny Toons was not Muppet Babies, so it was... There was... 
There was something. You didn't like Muppet Babies? <laughs> what? You didn't like Muppet Babies? No, I did not like Muppet Babies. Neil! Neil! What? It was too infantilized. It just, I couldn't, I couldn't identify with that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. They had an episode with Scientology. I didn't see that episode. So <laughs> you probably have because it's it, it was so subtle and buried in the story that you yeah. didn't catch. Yeah, maybe maybe I did not give I did not give I did not give Muppet Babies a very good a chance. lot of a chance. I mean, I think I watched like two episodes and I said I didn't like this and that was it. So well, maybe I just hit the wrong episode. You know, to be fair, the writing style on that show changed after the third season and. I didn't really care for it after that either. Yeah. Oh, and uh, let's see. We have uh, Jem and, and My Little Pony with special guest star Kitty Hawk. Yeah, that was Kitty Hawk's idea. Yeah. Now, are we, we going to talk about the new My Little Pony? No. Well, we can because I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up uh, on the Flash card on the Flash card gonna... episode. We'll talk about it. Can Can I? Yeah, I have. That I have only seen like two episodes of the new My Little Pony. Why are all these thirty-year-old guys in love with this? I, I don't. I, Isn't that weird? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 I, think, I, I think it ties into some. I think it. I think it's like a. It, I think it's a subliminal subliminal uh, suggestion for uh, for pedophilia. That oh my god, I'm watching it and it's like, what the hell is this? I I I mean, it's it's not dreadful, but it's I, flash animation. I don't understand why it's really, it's really cutified. Yeah, but and I, it, it's 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 like Powerpuff Girls without the fun. But I mean, there are like all these people guys that love it. That lo- guys that love it. Grown men, I know it's a weird phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's like okay, if kids love it, I would understand that. If girls loved it, fine, it, that would make sense. It, it's it's like if they have a convention for this, so nothing but nothing but, nothing but thirty year old men in like really shrunken t shirts that <laughs> that show up there with beards and stuff, and it's like, what the hell happened? Yeah, I I, <laughs> I I'm watching this. I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't. Must love the pony. Must <laughs> I, love the pony. I don't. Must love the pony. Oh, I, what, what happened there? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, that that is something that confuses the heck out of me. Why the <laughs> hell is she having a birthday party for radishes in a bucket? What is this? I, what it makes more sense with sound? I can do you one worse, man. Uh, no. Oh, oh yes, I can. <laughs> no, uh, I'm saying that the sound did not make the episode better. <laughs> but there's 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 an artist I've mentioned him before, called named uh, John Joseco. He does he does a lot of the uh, sexified versions of uh, of uh, totally spies, and he hosts them on a website called thong slash revolution dot com. He also does My Little Pony uh, fan art. And uh, no, thank you. No, no, <laughs> no, thank you. 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 It's God damn it! Why they click? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, is it? I, I watched the episode. I mean, I, I was watching horses. I don't even know how that's sexy. It's. <laughs> I don't know. We have to ask Kitty. Oh, he turns. He turns them into people. Okay, that's yeah. He turns them into people and he draws them like all booby. Well, okay, booby. booby. Okay, next is that, uh, that's fine, but I don't see that while I'm watching the show. I we just... have we have Pride of the X Men next on the list. 
pride of the X-Men? It, yeah, that's that's the tail end of the uh, Sunbow era. What happened was this was like a pilot for uh, an X-Men cartoon that was never made, and no, it was not the pilot for the shitty Fox X-Men series. I don't pe- like people that say that. You are ignorant fucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because this is actually has Toei animation, and Toei knew what they were doing. Acom, but it, it it did it did uh, eventually evolve into the Fox X-Men series because I think that was a different proposal. It, yeah, but it was still Marvel Productions at that point. And Marvel Productions was like, eh, it didn't work the first time. Let's shop this around a little. Let's change it up a bit. Because it's I think definitely it, I think different it, characters. I think it died, and I think they, I think someone else brought up a different proposal. I don't think it was the same proposal we worked. Okay. I, I, but, I'm going to fight the, that, Neil. All right. I'm just saying that the, that the time span between them is kind of short. So. And then we're doing X-Men, Fox's X-Men, and X-Men Evolution side-by-side. Where we're going to talk about how the superior series is superior and the inferior series is inferior, and why pe- why people are stupid in saying that it's the other way around. <laughs> okay. Because I know a lot of people say, "Oh, Xbox is X Men's great. X Men Evolution is crap." I'm like, did someone shit in your eyes? <laughs> <laughs> You've fallen in love with that saying, and I'm the one who said it. <laughs> Neil, it's a great saying, <laughs> and you know I'm right with this. Yeah, but yeah. I mean. See, you guys, you're really undervaluing valuing nostalgia here. No, I mean, you understand nostalgia, but if you say outright it's nostalgia, we'll leave you alone. We'll be like, okay, that's fine, that's fine. That's, oh, we understand nostalgia. We have nostalgia too. But yeah. if you if you outright outright say this is great while you're showing the shitty animation while we're talking about how great it is, we're, we're like, you're stupid. Yeah. yeah I, 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 let me put it this way: the nostalgia critic did a review of the Fox X-Men series where he's pretty much sucking on the show's dick. And and he's showing nothing but the shittiest animation from the show while talking about how great the show is. And he never once says, okay, the animation doesn't age that well. He, ne- he doesn't even say that. It's the elephant in the room, and he doesn't even talk about it. And, and I, I, I don't remember most of it because it blocked it out, but Neil saw it, and Neil helped me out here. I, I mean, the thing Neil? is... X- I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm letting him finish. Okay. You know, at the time, X-Men the X-Men cartoon was so different from what was going on that everyone was in love with it simply because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Smurfs. I'm fine with that. (laughs) I'm I'm fine with that, Eric. I really am. I'm fine with it if you say most of my love is just because of nostalgia. I'm fine with that if you just say that. Don't act like it's something better than it is now just because of the nostalgia. Yeah, Address, but, I mean, address nostalgia will leave you alone. Okay, we can understand nostalgia. We but, I mean, nostalgia. you could even say that for the original Star Wars. I mean, if you can compare we the do, original we Star do, Wars. Neil, don't we do, Neil, don't we say that, Neil? <laughs> Neil, yeah. don't we say that? Don't we say that all the lines in Episode Four are corny as all fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I, so, 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 I, the, so, 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 Eric, that doesn't work with us because we actually right. address that. I mean, but the people who say <laughs> the, 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 they go through... You know that X Men was the greatest. It's simply that um, they're simply saying, you know, for the time it was revolutionary. And how, and then how come a truly a revolutionary car- cartoon came out around the same time that was better? Well, yes, there was. <laughs> I mean, but you know, they had, that... they had designs meant for animation. Oh my God, whoever thought that would work? Yeah, I, you're talking about Batman, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, but so yeah. Yes, but and they I even mean, got good work out of ACOM. There, yeah. there were other good movies that came out the same year Citizen Kane came out. It just <laughs> I find Citizen Kane to be a droll 
boring as fuck snoozer that I'm happy I watched once that I'll never watch again. No, Citizen Kane is a good movie. But, but, but would you watch it? Would you watch it for for entertainment value, for leisure ever again, other than that one time? Yes. You I lie. Mean, <laughs> it's a Lawyers. good movie. It's about people and place. It's about a, a story. It's a story. It's a great character story. I mean. I, I can't believe you're saying Citizen Kane is not a good movie. It's a no, good I'm movie. saying it's a good movie. I'm just saying it's overrated as all fuck. Fine. What, <laughs> the point is, if you pick your favorite movie of all time, yes, that was the best movie of all time, but there were other good movies that came out. X-Men was the other good movie that came out the same time Batman was being made, because Batman was Batman, and it was so above and beyond everything else. That's but, not but, fair but the problem. Look, I'm I'm not talking about fair or unfair. I'm talking I'm talking about the, if you look at it if you look at it as it is today versus another cartoon of today, it is like one of the worst animated, worst written pieces of shit I've ever seen. And in people who people and I will let people go saying it's mostly my nostalgia talking when I say I love X. I'll be like, okay, I understand that. But, but to say no, it's really great. The animation is actually really good. You're lying. Just from my position, uh, when I was a kid, I kept watching Batman. I gave up on X-Men at season two because I could not take the animation anymore. I watched the first episode of X-Men, and by the way, the effect usually in these 90s cartoons is the opening has the best animation that the show will ever see, and the first couple of episodes had the best animation in show. And However, X-Men is strangely consistent, and all the animation looks like ass. I remember watching the first episode. I see the sequence where Beast runs out of like a conference room and then starts running on the wall. I'm watching this. I'm like, this looks like shit. <laughs> Eric, I'm sorry if we're like ganging up on you. I'm sorry if we. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I don't have do particular love for X Men. I'm just. <laughs> I just think that there is a little bit of context, and yeah, the animation's not good, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being, you're being kind. Compare it to GI Joe. You did, you, you did. You did not. You did not just do that, he, Neil. He compared. He compared Toei to Acom. There is no comparison. <laughs> he compared Toei to Acom. Did Did Acom work on GI Joe? No. Look, I no. remember. They just. It was. It was Toei, and then it was Deke. Hmm. Yeah. Like, I could never figure that out because I know. Uh, Acom worked on Transformers, obviously. Uh, that's where they came from. Uh, G.I. Joe got lucky. I guess so. Because <laughs> right after the movie, they, they did one more Toei season with Cobra. La, 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 That was not even a season. That They did two seasons of Sunbow, and then they did the movie, and then Marvel, or not Marvel, uh, uh, Hasbro pulled the plug on them. Because both G.I. Joe and Transformers went out at the same time. Yeah, and then they and then they did the and then they did the got to get tough, yo Joe. They did a five part special by Deke that was sort of okay because it was it was written by a Sunbow guy and they had most of the Sunbow staff working on it. It was as close to a Sunbow production as you could get. And I don't think it was it wasn't done by Toei, but I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't done by Acom either. Yeah. So they got fairly decent animation and then the, then the Deke series started. Got to get it was tough. Oh, I hate that theme song. <laughs> you gotta go to the friendly fire or something. I don't know. I remember the words friendly fire in there. It's awful. <laughs> but any, anyways, the, the point is, you can't compare 
G.I. Joe's towing animation to ACOM. Well, to be fair, G.I. Joe had some really wonky animation. It, it, even it had, compared it had, to Transformers. It had some glitches, I agree, yes. But it's it, but overall it it's it's nothing quite as bad as Beast running on the wall. I, I tried watching both shows on uh, on the hub when they did, when they uh, started airing them again. I could keep up with Transformers. I could not maintain watching GI Joe. You know what's really funny? I, I tapped out. <laughs> you know what's really funny to me, Neil? Uh, what? Oh God! You know the you know how in like the late nineties they were doing the CGI cartoons like the the mini movies for GI Joe. Oh yeah, uh, Valor versus Venom and whatever. Val- the other yeah, one. Valor versus Venom. Was not bad, really. It it wasn't great, but it was not bad because it, there was this whole subplot where shipwreck impersonates Cobra Commander. That was stupid as all fuck, but it was actually funny. I, I was actually laughing at this whole stupid subplot because his parrot's with him, and his parrot orders crackers, and then like in 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 the Cobra Commander voice. <laughs> And then you have a scene where uh, one of the co- one of the uh, Cobra soldiers comes in with with like a silver platter with crackers on him. <laughs> and you're watching this, and you're thinking, "This is the stupidest shit I ever saw." Let's watch more. Did they keep the characterization uh, the characters uh, uh, consistent with like the old series? Did yes, they, yes. Did they did they had shipwreck they had shipwreck talking like yes. uh, <laughs> like Popeye yes, and uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Because what happened was they were going to sneak into the Cobra base, and they're like, we need someone who can impersonate, impersonate Cobra Commander. Like, what about Shipwreck? He does a great job of Cobra Commander at the at Talon Night. I sit you not. I sit you not, Neil. <laughs> yeah, there's a Buzz Dixon uh, uh, interview that's floating around where he said, said that he told the guy who did Shipwreck to do an impersonation of, uh, of Popeye doing uh, Jack Nicholson, and that's how they got Shipwreck. God damn it. Well, guys... Um, I have to go to sleep. Okay. Uh, okay. So. Uh, but uh, like I said, just look at the schedule. It's on the website, animationaficionados.com. Yeah. Tell us I mean, I... here's the thing. I don't know as much as you guys know. That's, I mean, you're that's, rattling okay. off these studios and stuff. I don't know that stuff. No, that's okay. We don't I... want you to know all this stuff. That's fine. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of like having like that extra person there that just kind of like adds in little commentary every now and then. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you, 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 you're our Zeppo. I'm a Zeppo. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Um, like I said, um, any of the old stuff, um, I know. If it's anime... The Tick. We have an episode on The Tick. Do you want The Tick? The Tick? The Tick was a fun show. It, just, it got canceled too soon. Okay, I don't know how much... We got The Tick. You want to be on The Tick? We got The Tick. Sure, I can do The Tick. Um, Whoa, I, I know you like The Tick, but geez, simmer down there. <laughs> You got me late at night, man. Um, you're not going to get a lot of energy out of me. Um, well, I'll let the tick know. He'll be very disappointed that he won't get a lot of energy out of you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any of the old stuff like that, I I can do. But anime, I really don't know. I, I mean, I that's just fine. don't watch a lot of that. No, that's fine. That's fine. No, we, we, yeah. we, we're we fans of all animation. Okay. Okay, anyways, I'll let you go, Eric. Uh, just right. the schedule. Okay. Good night, Stop. Eric. The schedule. Talk to you later. Schedule. Yeah, Valor versus Venom is actually it, it, it's a great thing to watch just to uh you know j- just just get some popcorn, turn off your brain, watch it, and just start count how many times you're just laughing at this stupidity. 
that's kind of what the Sunbow series was because it was just so. So, so the, you're saying Valor versus Venom actually recaptures the energy and the spirit of the old GI Joe cartoon? It might. I I need to see. It. <laughs> okay, one. Well, the Sunbows the Sunbow stuff had dumb stories, but they would throw in so many, so many jokes that was just. It was obvious that these people had watched like one flew over the cuckoo's nest one too many times and were just trying to throw in all these references. Okay, I can't find any link of Shipwreck doing his Cobra Commander impersonation because it, it's not Chris. Uh, what's his name? Well, I, don't, I don't. Well, I don't. I'm not sure that Chris Lotta did uh, did the voice of Shipwreck. No, I know, but it's not Chris Lotta doing Cobra Commander either. Obviously, because, yeah, no. But it's a pretty it's damn close impersonation of Chris Lotta. Uh, let me do a wiki on this because I'm just saying that there's just something so magical about the fact that they were not being serious about it at all. And then came Sigma Fix 6 that took itself way too fucking seriously. Yeah, I saw bits of that, and I was like, no, 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 no. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, Scar looks like Asuka from Ava. Oh, God, no. She did! Oh, you're talking about the... Ant- I, I was I was thinking of, like, the other... Uh, the the uh, Adam... The Warren Ellis series? There was there was one other version of uh, GI Joe in uh, in CT, and I can't remember what that was. It was like another movie, but Sigma Six. That, yeah, that's the other anime style one, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, she does look like Oscar. Yeah. Although oh, it's Spy like, Troops is one thing. Is Spy Troops? That's the one. I kind of like the the Baroness's look of that. <laughs> Because they did kind of boob her up a bit. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Cobra sends Zartan to infiltrate the GI Joe headquarters, while the Joe send a spy of their own. They don't say it's shipwreck, but it's shipwreck. It's the Cobra commander Michael Dobson voiced him. Wow, I didn't know he had that in him. That's amazing. You know Michael Dobson, right? He was in Escaflone. He was. Uh, he did a lot of voices in the Ocean Studios dub of uh, Dragon Ball Z. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was like, I know that. I know that name. I know that name. Yeah, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. I think they have some... Let's see here. Uh, oh, boy. Are any of these the original voices? No, none of these are the original voices. That's too bad. It's. I'm checking, actually. Oh, no. Oh, oh <laughs> God damn it. This was written by Larry Hama. Larry Hama? He wrote a lot of the G.I. Joe comics. Oh. Well, no, what's really funny is he wrote the ones where Snake Eyes is all badass and stuff. And then he writes this thing here, and it's like the funniest thing I've ever saw. It's like, how'd this happen? Because Larry Hama takes himself too damn seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, they have uh, Terrell Rothery doing uh, Baroness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's the she's the voice of Aiko. Oh, I know that voice. Yeah, she did She did uh, Baroness. Wait a minute, which which Echo? Because there was a, there was a version of Echo in the first movie, and then the other three are different. Just regular Project Echo. Oh, okay. Then I know which list that is. She also did Kodachi from Ranma. Ooh. And she did Baroness. Wow, that's range. You know, that's actually pretty. That's actually a pretty good choice because she did that laugh for Kodachi. Oh God, don't do so, Don't do it. Don't. I'm not gonna do it because I can't do it. But oh, it's the oh, Naga oh, laugh. Yeah. yeah, it's the Naga laugh and. If ever there was a character in G.I. Joe that could do the Naga laugh, it's the Baroness. Are you picturing Baroness doing the Naga laugh now? Yes, I am picturing it. Is it a ha- and it fits. Is it a happy picture? It's a happy picture. I'm glad I gave you a happy picture, Neil. Let's see here, yeah. Wild Bill and Wild Weasel. Flint. You know, a lot of these characters are just Frank Welker. Like, 
Wild Bill was Frank Welker. The parrot was Frank Welker. Doctor Mindbender. Doctor Mindbender. And that's that's the thing. I remember. You remember how how goddamn serious Rob was about the GI Joe movie when we were talking about it, right? Yeah. And someone said on message board, you can't take a movie seriously with a character named Doctor Mindbender. <laughs> Yeah, Lee Talker did uh, did the uh, shipwreck in the movie. So, yeah, Lee Talker, he's uh, an interesting cast. Oh God, he did George in the in the Flash, George of the Jungle piece of shit. Oh, maybe he needed rent. <laughs> I'd rather sleep on the street. <laughs> <laughs> okay, G.I. Joe spy troops. Oh, they, I think they have parts of the movie on the... No, they don't. Sorry, I got your hopes up. That's too bad. Yeah, but the CGI looks like ass. Of course it does, because it's from the era where they really didn't have budget yet to do that. Oh, God, it's so assy. It's almost assy nine. Uh... And by the way, you watch all this action? Yeah. Like I said, a good portion of this movie is Shipwreck doing a Cobra Commander impersonation... So don't let this fool you. This movie's actually funny as all fuck because of that. Oh wow, this is when they started doing all the Snake Eyes versus uh, Storm Shadow bullshit that people love for some reason. I never really got that. Yeah. Like now, now in the original cartoon, it was Storm Shadow and uh, oh, who's who's the Native American character? Uh, Enoch Chok uh, Spirit. Spirit. Oh, Enoch Chok. Bum, ba, dum, bum, bum, ba, dum. Yeah, but yeah, it was like the uh, the the ninja guy versus the the spiritual Native American guy, and that was almost just as bad. Well, you have to use every part of the ninja after you kill it. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yes. God damn it! And and they both had honor, so they wouldn't kill each other, and it was it was kind of that that eighties. Uh, uh, caricature of what a Native American was. Well, all, all, all Storm Shadow had to do was throw some trash on the ground. He'd just start crying. <laughs> that was the 80s, right? Do you like retro shows? Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. Um, it depends. Uh, it depends if my levels hold up, because I think I might have been a little quiet, because I would start talking, and then I guess you guys couldn't hear me sometimes. We, but, could, uh, we, could, we could hear you, we just didn't care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. No, no, if we couldn't hear you, we couldn't hear you. But we got a lot of great gags on here, and... This will be a good recording, a good episode. It it will right. definitely help because we lost the original Macross episode because of Neil's computer ate it. Yeah. Well, it, it was okay. actually well, my we'll fault. Here's show when you post the actual episode. Yes, uh, I'll let you know when we post it. It's uh, Well, right now is, uh, we're going to do a, a brief post show because this is the part where Neil and I just do off-topic shit and stuff. If you want to join us for that, Tim, you're welcome. Yeah, sure, no problem. I thought we were all over. I was relocating the laptop, but I can walk back. Okay. Practice it's away from north sources. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of funny. Last week we did this whole thing where we totally bashed the Power Rangers for a good 40, 50 minutes, right, Neil? That's yes. what they're there for. Well, you know what? The sad thing about the whole Power Rangers thing is, you know, it's what thirty years going on of of Sentai series with 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 rubber suited aliens and giant robots that are cardboard, and the whole thing can be blamed on Spider Man. You know, it took me about twenty minutes to figure out what the hell you were talking about, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah. Well, Spider there was, there was giant Spider Man. Well, Spider-Man... A Sentai formula. That's true, but that's true. But the giant robot aspect of it, it with the men in suits and live action, that's Spider-Man's fault because Spider-Man actually had his own live action series in Japan, and that was the first series in Japan that had a giant robot. Really? Yes, first live action series in Japan that had a giant robot. Let me find the opening for, so we can all not enjoy it. No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you torture me? I think I covered already uh, that uh, an- anime openings from back then really. It's sucked. not. It's not an anime. It's live action. Yeah, which is doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll give it to Neil then. Here, Neil. Oh, you bastard! <laughs> Actually, one case of that is uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Gatchaman or Battle of the Planets or G Force or whatever they're calling it this week. I love Gatchaman. June the Swan yeah. is hot. Yeah. But uh, have you heard the original opening theme? Once or twice. You should probably try and forget it. There we go. <laughs> you watching this, Neil? No, I'm, I'm, I'm checking the show first. Okay. You can hear the theme song over my mic. Yeah, I, I can hear you. I just needed to check a small clip. I sound just fine in the episode, so uh, whatever whatever the problem was during the sound check, it, it uh, smoothed out. The sad thing is the Spider-Man costume actually looks passably good in this show. Uh, yeah, I I hate when they go halfway with good quality and then no, it just... it's it's like okay, pretty good Spider Man costume. Spider Man is like a is is like a sports guy. Okay, I can live with that. So it look, looks a little bit nerdy, and then all of a sudden there's a giant robot. Fuck you. Uh, yeah. But this this is what this is what's the blame for Power Rangers. This right here. It's all Spider-Man's fault, God damn it! I don't yeah, know. I really have to be accepting that. I mean, the, the, the giant robot part, at least. Oh, here's here's another part that will break your heart. Uh, we can we can blame the Power Rangers phenomenon in the states on Rick Hunter, because Tony Oliver, the voice of Rick Hunter, produced that series. Oh no! You bastard! How dare you, sir? He betrayed us all. Yes. How dare you? He must die. <laughs> all there is to it. Yes. What's, really, what's really funny is we found out this about one of our first shows was the guy who played the Green Ranger in the original Power Rangers in the U.S. is now an MMA fighter, mixed martial arts fighter, and he has all these tattoos on his body, and one of them says, Jesus doesn't tap. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well... Y- you, I explained why. <laughs> it's because his hands were nailed to the fucking cross. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's where I start getting angry emails. <laughs> how dare you, sir? Well, how dare they make that stuff? I mean, 
it's, it's Power Rangers. It's anyone who watches it doesn't think it's just popcorn needs some help. No, it's not popcorn, Eve. It's eggplant. Eggplant's one of the few foods scientifically proven to not harm you, but not hurt you, but not help you either. <laughs> so Power Rangers is like eggplant. Yes, except without the uh, pleasant taste. Yeah. That was sarcasm, by the way. And Tony <laughs> Oliver, Tony Oliver is the eggplant wizard. Well, his name is Tony Oliver. Tony Oliver. That's so funny because uh, because the Green Ranger's name in the series was Tommy Oliver. I'm sure that was intentional. <laughs> and he also was in the most series. He was in like six of the series. <laughs> and he didn't tap once, did he? <laughs> I sort of wish he did. <laughs> I tapped after the first episode. I'm like, make it end! <laughs> Yes, he was looking for five teenagers with attitude. <laughs> and how he picked the colors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that, Tim, but uh, the Yellow Ranger was Asian. Black Ranger was black. No, I actually avoided that show, uh, if I, at all possible. I, I know. I but, but could have watched it with a gun pointed to my head. I, <laughs> you know, I, I will... I will... I will make weak defenses of a lot of cartoons and a lot of children's programming, but Power Rangers is the one show that I do not understand at all. I don't get this. <laughs> what about tattooed uh, teenage alien fires from Beverly Hills? That was campy enough that I could tolerate it for one episode, and that's really what it should have been. It should have been one episode, uh, a campy homage to the Power Rangers, and then it should have ended. Yeah. Because the joke is only funny once. <laughs> Someone should have told Will Ferrell that because the joke of the overreacting man-child is funny only once, but he keeps, he keeps doing it. Mm. Add Polly Shore to that list. It was only funny once. Mm. Well, it, Green gets a different list. It wasn't even funny the first time. Well, in Polly Shore, well, on Polly Shore's account, he uh, he doesn't have a career anymore, so I think he paid for it. I imagine he hung out of the paychecks from uh, his from when he did have a career, though. So he's probably not too unhappy with anything we say about him now. That's that's true. Speaking of people being unhappy, I don't know if you saw the celebrity roast of William Shatner. Did you? Oh, did I ever have it on DVD too? I love it because because all through it, the jokes were kind of okay, and then Bill stepped up in five minutes. He was able to get more laughs than everybody else combined. I don't know. I really liked uh, some of the stuff that Takei had to say. Well, actually, I like Bill's retort to that. He says, for last time, George, you can't suck my dick. And, Michelle, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said something to Andy Dick. I forgot what exactly, but Andy Dick looked pissed off. Andy Dick spent most of that roast looking pissed off. He seemed to be the secondary uh, uh, roastee, and nobody seemed to have informed him of this fact. Well, Andy Dick's a little creepy. He deserves everything, <laughs> everything that comes to him. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad when Takei tells him to tone it down. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah, he, you heard what John Lovitz did to Andy Dick, right? <laughs> John Lovitz beat the living shit out of him because because Andy Dick is the one who gave who gave the cocaine to uh, Phil Hartman's wife that that got her back on drugs and eventually led to the murder suicide of the heart of the Hartmans. Or so John Lovitz 
alleges, but uh, well, actually, Andy Dick, still, he, Andy Dick confirmed that because Andy Dick said he, of course, he gave it cocaine because he thought it was like her Tylenol. Yeah, but what I'm what I'm referring to is you don't know for sure what drove her to kill her husband, but that wasn't a good path to start on. Yeah, that. He didn't help. Let's let's just put it that way. <laughs> well, also the also to the point was when he he actually said to John Lovitz, "I put the I put the Phil Hartman curse on you. Yeah. You're the next to die." And then that's when John Lovitz grabbed Andy Dick's head and kept slamming it on the table. And that's when John Lovitz be- became a hero for a day. I'm not a fan of Andy Dick. I've never really found him amusing. I've really got no use for him whatsoever. He's just not funny. He's kind of creepy. Actually, he got kicked off the Jimmy Kimmel show for for feeling up uh, Donald, uh, Donald Trump's daughter. Ooh. It was creepy because he kept on touching her, grabbing her, and uh, Jimmy's like, "Stop that! Stop that!" And then eventually, he had to call security, and security dragged Andy Dick off. And you know, but the Shatner roast was uninspired. I swear, he just got it off of fanfiction.net. Yeah, it's uh, what was your favorite celebrity roast, Neil? You know, I don't watch a lot of of uh, roasts, so I can't really pick a favorite. I only watched that one and the uh, legendary uh, David Hasselhoff roast. Yeah. The only other roast I have seen, I've only seen part of, but it was enough because I saw the uh, ro- uh, celebrity roast of uh, Playboy Magnet. What the hell's his name? Pamela Anderson. No, no. Uh, the guy who runs it. Oh, uh, Hugh Hefner. Yes. Hugh Hefner. I saw Gilbert Godfrey's roast of Hugh Hefner. Oh, God. <laughs> and, of course, this was just after 9-11. It was the celebrity uh, roast they put on to raise spirits after 9-11. Oh, and, yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and Godfrey comes in and starts uh, commenting about how you know he was afraid to fly into New York because he was told his plane had a connecting stop at the Empire State Building. <laughs> and people started doing them and you know saying too soon too soon so he says okay and he starts telling the aristocrats oh. it's probably been the only time the aristocrats has ever been told as a stand up joke oh my god maybe half the audience got it you could tell they were in the entertainment industry they got it and they couldn't stop laughing there was one poor chap, I think it was Billy Crystal, he fell right out of his chair and was crawling around on the floor. He was laughing so hard. God. That's... And, and it wasn't even a bad telling of the joke. Like It was pretty tame, which is odd coming from Gilbert. Yeah, Bob Saget apparently has oh. the most legendary tell of it. Yes, that, that was an outstanding one. Yeah, because... That, that was fantastic. I don't know if you guys know this, but him being in Full House was a joke because... He, because all his friends told him to try out for that part because they thought he was the least suited person to play a family man and a father. Gosh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, yeah I was just going to throw in there. Those of you who thought that this, the Gilbert Godfrey thing recently is something new, it is not. He has always been tasteless. <laughs> no, no, that's that's the thing. Like It almost it almost destroyed my poor little heart when I heard that he played Iago in, in Disney's Aladdin. <laughs> kidding me. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey in a kids movie? Those poor children. <laughs> but yeah, he's it's it it is nothing new. I mean the man has no idea about boundaries. I think he has a better idea of boundaries than Andy Dick. 
well, we'll say personal boundaries, perhaps, but certainly none <laughs> regarding taste. And personally, I think that's a great thing in a comic. And yes. thumbs down to anybody who wants to who wants to fire him or kick him off of any position because he's done something tasteless. That's why we have comics. That's why we have art. If it doesn't offend somebody, it's not art. I don't understand why Affleck fired him because it was only a couple of years ago that Ben Affleck was trying to sue them because he said that he was tired of people walking up the street going Affleck to him. And Affleck actually said to him, hey, you want to start a commercial? When he was all pissed off at them. So I thought that Affleck would have a sense of humor. <laughs> well, it just goes to show that everybody's got lines that you don't want to cross. Unless, of course, you're a stand-up comic who's in it for the shock value. Yeah. Which should be most of them. I mean, you think that, you know, uh, uh, that, that Lenny Bruce would back down from being offensive? Oh, speaking of which, uh, Neil hates what? Neil hates Robin Williams. I can understand that viewpoint. A lot of people do hate him. I was getting tired of him by the 90s, and then I saw Patch Adams, and it turned to vile hatred. (laughs) I was starting to get tired of him, and then I saw a one-hour photo. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It shows that he he was an Evangelion fan. Yep, that's, that's always a plus. I am a fan of Evangelion. And then, but, it showed, and then it showed him being creepy and using their toilets and eating their food. It, and... it, such, it, was, it was a departure for him. It really was. I mean, it, it showed that he could do something other than, you know, the funny family guy, which is what he normally did. What's, what's really sad for uh, Robin Williams is this. Ever since 1989, he always wants to be in a Batman film. And ever since 1989, he's been trying his damnedest to be in one. Yep. And- he so almost just, got into yeah. one. He almost got into Batman Forever. And then Michael Keaton dropped out, and they had to recast the whole movie. Well, because that's because Michael Keaton talked to Joel Schumacher once. He's like, okay, I'm gone. Yeah, he's like, bitch, I'm gone. <laughs> you want to put bat nipples on the suit? No. <laughs> I'm not going to be your gay camp. <laughs> I was almost afraid they were eventually going to cast David Hasselhoff as Batman. Uh... Seemed to be going in that sort of direction. Christian Bale's not a bad Batman. He's not my first choice, but Michael Keaton quit. But the funniest thing, the funniest thing ever was, uh, it was at a comic convention about a year, two years, two years ago. Someone asked uh, Kevin Conroy. I don't know if you know this, but Kevin Conroy was the voice actor for Batman in Batman the Animated Series and onward. And someone asked Kevin Conroy if Warner Brothers asked him yet to redub over all Christian Bale's Batman lines in The Dark Knight. Because Christian Bale was doing this really growly voice in The Dark Knight. It worked for me, though. I mean, Christian Bale's growly voice in, and in Batman Begins, too, is just about as bad. Well, the, first, it, one, the first one was most, mostly accidental because Christian Bale says he didn't even realize he was doing it because he said, just putting the suit on, you feel like a badass. And rightly so. <laughs> Batman, I mean, he's just about the most singular example of badass in the universe. It's okay during the scenes where he's trying to intimidate the guys, but during the scenes where he's having a conversation with Commissioner <laughs> Gordon, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, like I said, like I said, people, a fan asked him, asked Kevin Conroy if he was asked by Warner Brothers to read up the voice, and then also asked Kevin Conroy to say, I'm not the one wearing hockey pads in his Batman voice, which he did. <laughs> and then Kevin Conroy says, that he doesn't blame Christian Bale for the voice at all. He says that somebody should have been watching the dailies 
and the dailies are basically the daily review of all films shot that day and told Bale to tone it down a little bit. Because you don't really realize yeah. what so you're doing when you're acting. Too, then sure. I mean, but on the flip side, um, they might have they might have looked at it and said, "But yeah, he needs to disguise his voice, doesn't he? Isn't Bruce Wayne just a little well known?" That's true. And that's another thing that they could have used. I mean, that would have been a, a retcon or an author saving throw, but it's something they could have trotted out. They never did. Saving throw. <laughs> saving throw. Yeah. Yes, I am an RPGer. Well, that's that's better than someone who likes Power Rangers. By a I lot. Hope. Yeah, I also write RPGs. That's a scary thought. That's not too bad. Like I said, it's better than someone who... You let me on your... It's better than someone who reviews Power Rangers. That's... Uh, uh... Anyway, so on a television show, somebody tried to sell a live-action Power Rangers at a pawn shop. <laughs> yes, Pawn Stars, I saw that. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, you think you're getting more than a nickel for this? <laughs> well, they turned it down, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that was Pawn Stars. I love that show. Chumley is so stupid. <laughs> even even his co-workers, even his best friends, said, yeah, I think he said once, he's a village idiot, but he's our village idiot. <laughs> yeah. I love the old man because he's just, he's just so old he doesn't care anymore. I like the newer one, the uh, one set in Detroit more now. Oh. I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I, I like the people who live in Detroit and think <laughs> moron. There are some dumb people in Detroit. I honestly don't know what they put in the water there. Uh, formaldehyde. <laughs> and I've worked a call center that took calls from Detroit, and I used to hate those days. Yes. You know, I, I acknowledge that there are smart people in Detroit, but you don't generally get them calling in to ask about their billing questions because they've already figured it out. <laughs> or for help with their internet problems because they've already figured it out. No, you don't get those people. You get the people who see no signal showing up on their monitor and think it means their internet's been cut off. Oh, oh this, this reminds me, we were talking about recent news. Who here has seen the Casey Haynes video? Not me. It's it's a video where basically it's two kids in a schoolyard and this little skinny kid is beating up this bigger fat kid. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. He punches the fat kid like a good three, four times, and then the fat kid finally gets enough. He picks the little kid up, holds him upside down, and throws him on the ground once yeah. and then walks away. And this has caused a lot of controversy because the principal suspended both students and said that violence is never the answer ever. For those of you who watch WWE, this fat kid did the Dominator on him. <laughs> I don't watch WWE. Yeah, but I know I know the move. So one of the television with pistol in order to get me to watch it. <laughs> That's soap opera for men with testicular uh, compensation issues. But I, I just threw it out there so the people know where to look to figure out what move this is that he did. But anyway. Yes, and like I said, there was uh, there's lots of people that are condemning this kid who actually fought back from his bully because they say violence is never the answer, even though throughout this whole video, no one is helping him. No teachers are around. Nobody's helping him. And he defends himself just once and he gets suspended. Yeah. Oh, I know. I have been there. Yeah, We had that sort of silliness going on in Canada 
30 and 40 years ago, you know, back when I was in school. Yeah, it's exact not... Exact same silliness. It's not, it's not fair. It's, uh... In fact, it's gotten worse here in Canada. Now you are likely to get expelled if you do so much as block a punch thrown at you. Can't someone break into your house, cut themselves, and then sue the homeowner for making an unsafe house? No. Actually, that is one thing that can't happen in Canada, thankfully. However, if he breaks into your house and you beat him up, you're going to jail. In Texas, we have a little thing called the, the castle law. Which basically says yes, we're, we're, allowed to, we're allowed to do whatever we want in our house. Yes, but Texas is barely even part of the United States. Hey, now, we have a, we have a, we're the only state still in the black. Well, that just proves that you're only barely part of the United States. <laughs> it's not my fault we're more fiscally minded than the rest of the country. Well, it's not your fault either that uh, the articles which bind Texas to the Union are somewhat more loose than they are for other countries. It was a good move on the the last governor. Was it a governor? I can't remember. The last was, government in Texas. Before it was, a, they it was a president. It was President Samuel Houston. Well, it was a clever move on his part because a lot of what has gone wrong in the U.S. seems to skip over Texas. Unfortunately, sometimes when something goes right, it skips over Texas, too. You, you, can't, you, you win some, you lose some. Well, There's no such thing as a perfect union. But... Texas does do pretty well by its people, I have to say. And I like the castle law a lot. Basically, in the castle law, if you shoot an intruder and wound him, he's not allowed to sue you. If you shoot an intruder and kill him, his family's not allowed to sue you. You might still go to jail. Well, they, just to investigate, but they let you out. They might confiscate your gun for a few weeks, but they give it back eventually. That's why they recommend if you shoot an intruder, you shoot him with a shotgun, because that way you can just go back to go down to Walmart and pick up another one. <laughs> Well, you think I'm kidding? No, no, no not really. <laughs> no, I, I, I recall once you asked what Canada's conceal and carry laws were like, and you were genuinely baffled when I said that that we don't have any such laws because we have no guns. And it, it's not quite true. There's an awful lot of rifles. In fact, we have a higher density of rifles per capita than any part of the United States here in Canada. But there's very, very little in the way of handguns. I like handguns. I like shooting them for target at, targets at the weekend. I, I, I like I like my Springfield XD because it's nice, compact. It's a forty-five with a thirteen-round magazine. I never saw the point behind a handgun, but then in Canada, if you can see your target, if you're out hunting, if you can see your target, he's probably still a kilometer away. That's, That's true. Point six miles for the for the Americans at the table, and, and uh, not and... hit him with a handgun. Well, handguns are good for home defense. Either that or shotguns for the, as as above mentioned, reason. A, a shotgun's good for home defense because if the police confiscate, you can just go pick up another one. Yep, but in Canada, it does not matter if you use a handgun, shotgun, baseball bat, screwdriver, or a ping-pong paddle. You're going to jail. <laughs> you're supposed to stand back, say, help yourself, and then call the cops once he's gone. That reminds me of a, of, of, of a 911 call recording I heard on YouTube where this old man is seeing his neighbor's house being broken into and he told them, you better get the police down here quick because if they're leaving, I'm going to shoot them. And he did. And it was awesome. Now see, that would not happen in Canada. On the other hand, 
the odds are good you'd have cops there pretty quick if you phoned them and said that. Well, that didn't happen because 911 operators are kind of stupid here or something. I don't know what the problem is with our response times. I just know they're not good. I figure there's going to be somebody there with a gun anyway. Well, that's that's why Texas has a pretty good... Uh, you, let me put it this way. Um, you never hear of a shooting at a gun show, right? Of course not. But you always hear of shootings at places where guns are banned, like churches and schools, right? Oh, of course. Because nobody else will have a gun to stop you. You know this. That's right. That makes you braver. I, I am aware of this part of the of the logic. I actually agree with it. And, because and I think we should get rid of gun-free zones in America because I think that's creating that's creating plump targets for crazy people. But on the other hand, it's worth pointing out that despite our restrictive laws on firearms, the uh, number of accident sorry of uh, of murders committed in Canada with firearms is one tenth the rate of the United States per capita. Not not net net. It's a hundredth. One percent of that of the United States, and we've got about ten percent of the population. But ten percent per capita. But if you look, if you look at it the other way around, if you look at when, what happened when England outlawed guns, the shooting, the shooting deaths declined drastically, but the stabbing deaths like multiplied at a, such a high exponential level that they were confused. Oh yes, and in fact, that's one thing that I pointed out when I was assigned the other side of the equation. In a uh, in a debate, when I was uh, asked to argue against gun control, in fact, in that... fact, in England, the police officers have to wear a special type of armor that's kind of like Kevlar, but actually has ceramic plates just for stabbing. Yeah. Now in Canada, we introduced the uh, Firearms Acquisition Certificate Law in 1972, which basically meant you had to go out and fill out paperwork to prove that you were not an axe murderer before buying a gun. Why an axe murderer wouldn't be allowed a gun, and maybe ban him from buying an axe, but certainly not a gun. That's besides the point. But over the next 12 months, the next one year, the murder rate in Canada for all forms tripled. One year. Triple the murder rate. One little law. Now you had to prove that you were not a criminal to buy a gun. Well, the biggest thing is, the problem is not that we don't have enough gun laws. We do have enough gun laws. The problem in the United States is we aren't enforcing them. Like, we have people who are criminals that are using illegal guns, guns that they don't rightfully own, and they're not being charged for, like, a theft of a gun on top of it because that's actually a federal crime now. Yeah. Which I think is ridiculous. They say, well, we need more gun laws. Like, well, how can we even charge this guy with, like, the five that you have? We also have a uh, superfluous number of gun laws in Canada. Uh, for example, we have the long arm registry law, which I think is the single most ignored piece of legislature ever passed in Canada. It says if you buy a rifle, you have to take it and register it. When you do this, is voluntary. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything like they'll register it at time of purchase if the company you're buying it from is set up to handle that. Otherwise, you're supposed to do it on your own. But nobody tracks it. As a result, less than 1% of the long arms in Canada ever got registered. Nobody cares. It's a giant waste of taxpayers' money, but well, they refuse to strike it down. Here, here's here's a fun here's a fun point. It's, I remember talking to Tim long, once long ago, and Tim said that uh, he thinks that polar bears are an actual pest species that needs to be eliminated. They are. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say eliminate them, but I would say any protection that people think are required, no. 
you should be more worried about the polar bear eating you. One of the few species that actively hunt humans, correct? That's correct. In fact, they're the only land carnivore that will actively hunt humans. Wow. And they're big, too. It's like, you know the, you know the image you have in mind and how big a polar bear is? Throw it out and, and add, like, an extra five feet. Yeah, it's very difficult to underestimate the size. Sorry, to overestimate the size of a, of a polar bear. They are bigger than grizzlies by a large margin. Wow. Stronger, too, and a lot tougher skin. I mean, if you have a gun that you think is going to take down a grizzly, it's not going to take down a polar bear. You're just going to piss it off. Yeah, they are faster than grizzlies. They are stronger than grizzlies. They can run longer distances. They have much greater endurance. They can swim across frozen, like freezing water, like water that's like minus five degrees centigrade. Uh, it's about minus, sorry, about plus twenty five for imperial. <laughs> but I mean, fresh water freezes at that. Salt water doesn't. And how many stones do they weigh? Couldn't tell you in stones. <laughs> I can tell you that it's not uncommon to see a polar bear weighing a metric ton, which is slightly over one of your tons. Yes, and like I said, they, you know, you know, their their hide is thicker than the grizzlies, and grizzlies are pretty damn tough, anyways. I mean, if you have if if you have a magnum and you're against a grizzly, you'd be you'd have to empty this magnum just to be safe. Well, if you had a handgun, yeah. Now, mind you, if you have, say, a three thirty eight Winchester Magnum rifle, that will make a polar bear lie down and be a rug. Provided you hit him. <laughs> yeah, so polar bears, not cute. No, not at all. Yeah. Now, their conservation status is listed as vulnerable. But I will tell you, nobody <laughs> in Churchill, Manitoba, believes that. Because the stupid things wander into town and start rummaging through dumpsters. Oh, my God. Now another species in the, in Northern America and Canada that is also equally as dangerous, not equally as dangerous, but less dangerous to approach, but still you should never approach is a moose. You should never approach a moose. Oh God. They are highly aggressive. They are exceptionally stupid. And strong. And they are retardedly strong. <laughs> I have seen a moose take on a locomotive. The moose won. <laughs> so the moose was Superman. Basically, yes, or at least if he takes it from the side. Because that's the thing. The moose ran the locomotive from the side. The moose walked away. The locomotive was derailed. <laughs> they are huge. And that's one thing the Europeans never grasp, because to them, a moose is what we would call an elk, which is still a lot of animal, but it's nothing like a moose. Uh, an elk is just a really strong kind of deer. Yep, it's rather makes, large deer. Makes good sausage, though. I was never fond of elk meat. I really like caribou. You call you call the moose the the Superman of of nature. I I would have thought it would be the Hank Pym of nature. <laughs> Retard strong, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and yet there are odd things about them, such as their noses are as prehensile as an elephant's trunk. That's true. They can they can open cages and walk out. Thing is, they'll never think of it. The, the, yeah. the funny thing about the mooses, as I remember, is they actually they actually rub off all all the covering on their antlers and eat the covering. Yep. yep. <laughs> I forgot what the covering's called, but I remember that from a wow. CNA nature special. Now, my father-in-law's brother kept moose actually as a domestic animal, and I thought that that would be plain impossible because there's no fence you could put up that could hold these things back. But it turns out that if you put a lean rail fence, which is nothing more than you take a post and then you lean a 
leaning upright against it so that it's slanting. And you make just a circle of these. A human can just step over them because they're nothing more than leaning rails. But a moose has a short circuit in its brain. It will never try to step over them. Wow. It will try and go around it. So if you've got a whole ring of these, it'll never figure out how to get out. Yeah, and the, honestly, honestly, the Canadian wild makes tougher people, too. It's uh, I always hold, in my opinion, that Les Stroud is a much tougher man than Bear Grylls. I'm not familiar with either. Uh, Les Stroud had had a show on Discovery called uh, called Survivor Man, where he is dropped in the middle of the wilderness for seven days, and he has to carry around 200 pounds of camera equipment, showing himself surviving by himself. Oh, uh, yes, I remember him now. And yeah, but he was born in Toronto. How tough could he be? Well, he survived multiple times. And he, yeah, Toronto honestly is it, it's San Francisco writ light without the earthquakes. That's it. Yes, it's Toronto's been used as a stand-in for Metropolis and several Superman productions. It's it's honestly it, it's just about the wimpy city in Canada. To be perfectly honest, like even most of Canada doesn't like Toronto, and the feeling feeling is largely mutual. People who live in Toronto don't seem to think much of the rest of us. I'm just saying, Les Stroud. If you ever seen his show. He he actually goes through a lot in the wilderness, and he survives, and he looks tough doing it because he actually actually had some pretty interesting wilderness tips. Like he said that when he was in Australia, and he was surviving in the outback, he he had a, he had a rope all around his camp because because of poisonous snakes. And he said that he read somewhere that poisonous snakes don't like to crawl over rope. Might be true. I in Canada we have exactly one species of poisonous snake. And they don't live around here, so I, I know nothing about them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I just thought that was interesting, and and he said that was the only prediction he had, so he might as well use it. And well, well, see, the other guy who does Survivor shows is Bear Grylls, and he's a British guy. And his big claim to fame was he climbed Mount Everest. And his thing is he does he does Man versus Wild, but his show, he has a camera crew with him at all times. He sleeps in a hotel at nights, and... A lot of a lot of the stunts he does is staged. So, whereas Survivor Man, they they drop him in the middle of nowhere with a camera. I mean, you can tell that the camera he's using is on a rig attached to him. Yeah. So that he can see, so you so you can see him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a world of difference between the two productions. I have seen both, and I've been much more impressed by Survivor Man. Didn't know he was Canadian until just now, though. Yeah, he's he's Canadian, and he's actually he's pretty badass. In fact, he was actually on a Canadian talk show once, and he was asked what he thought of Bear Grylls. And he, thought, and he said the honest truth. He thought he said Bear Grylls is an idiot. No one should listen to his advice because Bear Grylls gives advice that could kill people. Mm. Because Bear Grylls once said, "If you're dehydrated, drink your own urine." Oh yeah, because that won't screw up your electrolytes all over the place. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, and he said in the. Uh, Lester out explained very simply that your urine is poison. It's toxins your body's expelling. Drinking it will kill you if you're dehydrated. And he said that he said that he criticized the the, the Bear Grylls video where he did it because Bear Grylls is obviously not dehydrated because he peed like half a canteen's worth. Yeah, if you're dehydrated, you're not peeing. And so your body will retain that water in, in, in order to try and get the moisture out of it and hopefully get rid of the urine. I mean, that's why if you've ever taken a leak after you've been a long while without drinking water, it's dark it, and it stinks. It's, 
it's much stronger. Yeah, and so Les, Les Stroud said that there's only one right way to drink urine, and he showed it. He he peed, he peed around a he peed around a, a container, you know, in a hole in the ground, put a plastic film on top of the hole in the ground, and basically made what was a solar still, where all the pee around the container evaporated, dripped back into the container, and it was water. Yeah, distilled water. Yeah. Plus whatever contaminants might have been in the can. We can live with those. If you're going to use it to, say, dip in the water in a stream and drink out of it, you're probably good with using it, like putting distilled water in it. Yeah, so Les Stroud basically said that uh, Bear Grylls is an idiot. Anyone who listened to his advice will die. Well, yeah, we've got the Darwin Awards for people who would listen to Bear Grylls' advice then. Yeah, well, also, also, well, Les Stroud also gives some controversial advice. They actually did save one man's life. Les Stroud actually recommends if you don't have any water and you're walking in, you're walking in in the north, and it's cold and there's snow. He recommends eating snow. No, that's wrong. And that just proves that he comes from Toronto. No, you don't eat the snow. That will, that will dangerously lower your body temperature. You melt it in your hand and then you drink the water from your hand. Takes longer, yes. Doesn't kill you. Well, it did save one man's life. One man attributed eating snow to saving his life and thanked, thanked Les Stroud for it. Well, he's lucky then. Because I will tell you, when I lived up north, that was one thing you would never think of doing. Yeah. Les, Les Stroud, okay, yeah, sure, he knows a lot, but he's still a Toronto boy. Like, <laughs> in the high Arctic. <laughs> Oh, my battery time is running down here on this laptop. Okay. Well, we better cut this short. It is. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Hey, boo-boo. Oh, yeah, the good Yogi movie is called Hey There, It's Yogi Bear. Ah. With Dawes Butler and Mel Blanc. What was the one with the aliens? That was not a good one. <laughs> I know. What was the one with the with the spruce goose? That might have just been Yogi Bear and the Spruce Goose. God damn it! It was Yogi Bear and the in uh, the uh, pink tiger and the other characters. I can't bother to remember. Oh, you're talking about? Uh, oh, oh, now I can't. Now I can't remember his name. It was. Uh... The one that says, Heaven to Betsy. Heaven's to Murgatroyd. That's the one. Snagglepuss. Snagglepuss. There was a kid in our high school with a nickname Snagglepuss. <laughs> Leave us exit. Stage left. Even. Didn't he say even a lot? Yeah, he did. Out the door, even. Yeah, that was Dawes Butler. Yeah. He was doing, he was doing an imitation of somebody. Yeah. What was it? Well, it was part of it was uh, was Bert Lahr, and I I know that he kind of mixed something else on there too. It was one of the famous gay actors of the time. I'm trying to remember these other characters. Yogi's Ark Lark. Mm. You don't sound excited about that one. Oh, that might be. Yeah, I guess that's the the earliest made for TV movie. 
but that that reminded me of of an actual show that was really bad. It was. Uh, oh God! Oh God! Huckleberry Hound reminds me of that one really bad joke of a spoof that the Family Guy Family Guy did of Huckleberry Hound. And by the way, when that when Seth MacFarlane did that jab at Robot Chicken, yeah, by saying, "Oh, Transformers, uh, uh, Thundercats, uh, GI Joe," I remember those. Like like mocking that that's all Seth Green's d- does. Yeah. Seth MacFarlane, you do all that shit too. You do the exact same shit. I'm like, why are you mocking him for doing the exact same shit you do? I know. I mean, he did a G.I. Joe gag with Knowing Seth of Battle as well, where he actually took the Toei animation style and look, made it look stupid. He made it look like Acom. <laughs> no, worse than Acom. He made it look like Seth MacFarlane. You remember that, right? It was like Duke coming I... out of the toilet. Yeah. It wasn't Duke, it was his brother or something. It, it was, uh... The guy that wears the beret. Flint. Yeah, it was Flint. Yeah. No, it was not his brother. His brother was, uh... Uh, Lieutenant Falcon. Okay. Who I think was the same, uh, toy mold. <laughs> that, who also wore a beret. Voiced by, uh, uh, Don Johnson. Okay, I'm trying to find the picture because I just remember how bad it looks and someone has to have done a screen cap of it because... Oh, God, they did... Someone did a screen cap. I think I just found the bad Yogi cartoon. Oh, yeah. Here it is. This cartoon is so shitty. Because it's all environmentalist crap. Does Yogi become smoky? Oh, my God. The gay octopus is there. Yeah. Squidly did, but... Mr. Smog. What the hell? No. No. Yes, it happened. Hey, Yogi, that happened. Oh my God! It's like Captain Planet. Uh oh! It's the prankster and the greedy genie at three o'clock. Greedy genie? Yeah. That street sweeper they wrote they wrote out on it, it came out in midair. Okay, who's the alligator? Uh, Wally Gator. God, I know all of these characters. Oh, Secret Squirrel's in this cartoon. I don't remember that. Secret Squirrel. God, that's so bad. Well, you know what? You do this to me, I have to do something equally bad to you. And you can't complain, Neil. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Well... Hey, look, they're solving mysteries. At least they're cleaning cleaning up pollution. I can't yeah, believe they made this. This was like, oh, well, we don't have Dawes Butler anymore. Let's sue them as kids so that we don't have to explain the different voices. Waka waka, oh, wouldn't hear a funny-ass it- joke. Dick Dastardly's in it. And Butley. That's the only. That's the only thing that's even remotely the same. The laugh. How was that? God damn it! <laughs> you did it to me. Like they tur- they totally turned it in, into an '80s shit fest. If I may 
by giving... Look at the clothes on these characters. Top, Top Cat. I remember Top Cat. Top Cat's awesome. Oh, the voice of Top Cat just died like a year ago. Oh, that makes me sad. It was uh, Arnold Stang. And somebody told me that. I'm like, Arnold Stang was still alive? At least they aren't giving a Top Cat movie. I can't believe they made an underdog movie. Which had nothing to do with underdog. Yeah. Top Cat! Yeah. You're right. Jetsons deserves it more than the Flintstones. Because the Flintstones was good up until um I wanna say that the episode of Pebbles was born and then it just immediately drops off. I got a question for you though, Neil. Yeah. You know about Dino, right? Yeah, he talked for one episode. Yes. That was the episode they got him and then after that he's a dog. Yeah. Explain that to me. I guess they just changed their minds, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I wish I knew what, what the reasoning behind that was, but I don't, I don't think they ever came out and explained it. And unfortunately, all the people who, who can are now dead. Yeah, but the Jetsons, I, I like the old Jetsons, but. You know really what I hated? There was an episode of Family Guy where they actually did, there were two different episodes of Family Guy where they did the Jetsons gags. Yeah. The first one was when they were doing the joke on the, uh, on a joke about the treadmill joke. Yeah. Which, you know, they actually they actually used an animation style that was like the Family Guy style, but a little bit Jetsonized. So that was during yeah. season one and two where, you know. Where they, they were allowed to experiment. Yeah. And then the, it was like a, a, one of the newest seasons was the second time where they actually copied the Jetson style to a T. Yeah. The, I thought that they were reusing the the uh, the old footage. No, they, they did frame by frame. They copied it. Do so. you see the parts where they're, where, where they're not rotoscoping the actual animation yeah where it actually looks like shit yeah i see it oh and it's doing the mouth flap styles god damn it it's like they don't know how to do anything different with the mouth let me see. yeah the mouth you know family once you once you notice the mouth flap style of family guy you will always notice it i see it now yeah because the jetson mouth flaps are not animated like that yeah see in the season one jetson spoof is a lot funnier yeah because the guy who's trying to do George Jetson sounds closer to George Jetson. Well, they might have actually gotten the guy. There's a guy who is the official replacement voice for George Jetson. They might have actually gotten that guy. Watch this. I know, they, I know they've done that before. Help! Jane! Stop this crazy yeah. Yeah, I think it is that guy. That's actually well animated. Oh my God, well, George! Family guy. Did you not hear me out there? Yeah, are you all Go right? to your room, Elroy. But what happened? Go to your room. <laughs> For forty-five what? minutes, I was out there screaming. I know that because my damn wife. What? I heard the laugh. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Just I'm sorry. Jane is sorry. Old I family guy actually managing to be funny. <laughs> yeah. 
Amazingly, this drunk driver turns left into oncoming traffic. When I first saw this, I didn't know this was from the show. You thought this one was from a video game. Yeah, I thought it was from a video game. I thought like a fan did this. And then I was like, no, wait a minute, that's the guy from... from that's the real guy from the police chase shows. And then I was like, what's going on here? Don't tell me this is from the show. And it is. On top of it. Now he's not only endangering his own life, but their lives as well. There you go, Neil. I like how Dino just dies there. But the pursuing officers are prepared. Running from the cops, yabba dabba. Like I said, it was just, you know, when they first did the Jetsons, it didn't look exactly like the Jetsons, but you could tell what they were doing. Yeah. And then when they did it again, it's they copied the Jetson styles perfectly. Yeah. To the point where it's stale. Yeah, they they like just got someone's DVD copy of that and and traced every single frame. Rotoscoped. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Actually, oh. I need to go to sleep, Neil. Oh, yeah, it's getting late. All right. Good night. Good night.